the Koi Gig Pod. Tune in and support us, please. We need every little bit of support. Um, we might be outnumbered here in Australia, but we can definitely feel the love from back home. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Hurling on off the ball with Board Gosh Energy. Hurling, it's anyone's game. All right, for one last time before the actual final happens, and I'm delighted to say good afternoon to Anthony Nash. Anthony, how are you? Great, sir. How are you? What what part of the world are you in? <laughs> Not Ireland. <laughs> I'm in Spain. I'm in Spain at the moment, yeah. Jetting, uh, jetting. Last day, though, coming right. tomorrow. I was going to say, jetting back just in time to see this final. Exactly, yeah. Looking forward to it, no, to be honest. Um, I know we'll crack into it soon, but not going to be as as uh, predictable as last year, I think. Uh, my cousin's daughter is Anya Donegan, who was uh, momentarily leading the US Open recently, and our family WhatsApp group was absolutely lit. I can only imagine what the Nash family WhatsApp group is like in the build-up to an autumn final, where your cousin is uh, about to star and potentially be crowned as one of the greatest hurlers, uh, part of the greatest hurling team of all time. Yeah, to be honest, though, it's Anthem there during the week, all right? Uh, um, I think I said this to you before, but I don't know. Every time I introduce him to people, I always introduce him as the nice Nash. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know he's a superstar. What he's done um, is phenomenal. Like Tommy Walsh, obviously, has done similar, where he started on one side of the field, ended up on the other. Um, and I think what Barry is doing for, for himself and the family is huge. Uh, I also joked to you before, though, he's still not best defender in the house. He's, um, his brother is a cornerback and his father obviously played fullback for, for Limerick as well. But yeah, he's um, hopefully, I can't be unbiased in this show today, Jordan. I hope people will understand it. <laughs> that uh, yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll have another one in his back pocket. When you've been thinking about the game, uh, it's natural for when you are biased to think about what the dangers are going to be. Mm. And with the Skullcarney team, obviously, there's there's many different ones. For you, what's the overriding? Where does the, the beginning start of the doubt that Limerick are going to win? It's, they're the one team in the country who can be guaranteed it'll work as hard as Limerick. That's the one thing you're always guaranteed with Kilkenny. Um, just like so Owen Cody, I think he's had an unbelievable season. Um, so what he's going to bring to the table will obviously be very important for Kilkenny, but... Just, you know what, last year it was a little bit more one-sided. I thought Kilkenny weren't as threatening as they are this year. I just feel it's a little bit different this year. I think they have a bit more confidence. Um, you know, beating Clare as well in the way to the final as well, which, like, I would have, I, I got wrong, obviously. Um, but I just think they look a little bit more dangerous. I think they're more complete, whatever it is about them. Maybe it's just the age of the group or something like that. Another year under the belt. But, um, look, Limerick are still favourites for me. Um, uh, but I still think that it's going to be a lot tighter. How, how relevant is last year's final? Is it really relevant? Is it not relevant at all? What, what has it got to do with this game, if anything? I thought I thought the semi-final was more relevant. I thought Kilkenny and Clare going at it again was probably more relevant for me, especially the way that Clare had not performed. And then, do you know what? Like, even I had written off, not written off Kilkenny, I always said that, you know, even I said to Will that time, like, that she's any could happen, but... I just don't think the final is a final. It doesn't matter who you're playing, to be honest. You want to wake up Monday morning, Ireland final or Ireland champions. Um, so for me, it was more the semi-final. But I just think that this team is a little bit more... Um, do you know what? They're they're more ready. I, I, as I said to you before, I still think that Limerick are definitely the favourites. But um, I still think that Kilkenny have have a lot more to offer. I know is it the fact that Cody... Um, Adrian Mullen being back fit is huge, obviously. That's massive for them as well. But they just seem to have... Uh, 
seem to have more of a balance this year. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Last year's game was so weird that mm. for whatever reason, Kilkenny were able to stay in the game when it looked like Limerick yeah. were rampant and it was a bunch of frees that, that Limerick gave away that kept Kilkenny in the game. And then Kilkenny suddenly were like, actually, we're still in this game and looked really good. And then obviously Limerick re-emerged as like, oh, hang on a second, we're, we're Limerick. We're like potentially the greatest team of all time, so we're going to be grand. Yeah. But that kind of swing, if you're Limerick, you want to try and remove as much of that as possible. You, you don't want to give Kilkenny the foothold in the game, but it's so, so easier said than done. Like, how do you stop the fouling in the first half that keeps Kilkenny in the game? Yeah, look, I suppose the refereeing thing is going to be huge. Um, but they're probably the two most physical teams in the country and, and known for it over the last 20 years now, nearly at this stage. Like when, when Shefflin and like Eddie Brennan and them were playing, like they were known as what Limerick are now, I suppose. So uh, Limerick seemed to have brought that physicality. So refereeing will be huge. Um, do you know what? I, I I hope he left. It, I hope he leaves it go for the spectator, for the for the neutral, because it's going to be hot and heavy. Um, and you've two of the best free takers in the country as well. Also on Sunday as well, and what TJ Reid has done scoring wise in the last obviously himself and Hoggy, we spoke about that before. But for me, for Limerick, it's just play your game. It's it, like it, the similarities. Like you and I have always spoken with the Dublin footballers, right? And Kilkenny hurlers and the Limerick hurlers have become the equivalent to those, where. Kilkenny have always said, when back in their prime, bring on whatever you want to do, we'll take you on. And Limerick have now become that. So neither team are going to worry too much about what the other bring. They just need to worry about their own performances. And I think Limerick are probably just that step ahead. The, the, I talked to Seamus Hickey during the week about the weight of history and uh, maybe the weight of history is actually the wrong way of looking at it. It's just that over a long period of time, other teams get closer to you because they see everything you have. There's n- literally nothing new that you can bring unless there's a, a, a young player who comes onto the panel and helps with something or um, or whatever. But generally, all of the information that we'll ever want about Limerick has been shown to us over the last number of years. And maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to do four in a row because everybody catches up with you eventually. And it's not that you get overawed by the prospect of becoming the great team. Um, so it, it, does any of that stuff matter? The, the fact that they are going for four in a row? They still have the best players. And, and do you know what? Like, you can't train a donkey to win a derby. And when you have a prime horse, he has a chance of winning it. And that's it for me. They just seem to have players all over the field that can hurl. Um, like, when you look at the half-back in the last day, like, Jesus Christ, I, I spoke with the height of him, but like you've Declan Hannon potentially coming back in, hopefully. They're just, they're just the best team in the country on paper. And if they perform, they win. And whether four in a row, five in a row, six in a row, it's on the day. And that's the way they're going to approach it with Carolyn Corridan and with Kinnerk and all them. It's just another game of hurling. Um, and you know what? If you ask anybody around the country, even Kilkenny supporters, if Limerick perform to their best, they're going to win. That's it. Um, they're just the best team. And it might sound boring, like, but that's unfortunately it, yeah. Well, we've been saying it all year. Um, the, the latest news is that the official... Uh, squad announcement has not included Declan Hannon however we don't know if he's been named as uh, one of the four potential players who can come in in the event that somebody was to drop out for whatever reason so um, I'd say it's more likely than not that they won't have Hannon is that a significant swing towards Kilkenny or did they get enough in the semi-final to see actually you know what we're we're capable of dealing we'd love to have him but if you're going to win four in a row or five in a row or five out of six or whatever it is, then there are going to be times when you're missing your best players. We had it last year with Keane Lynch, so we know we can do it. And we did it in the semi-final too. Um, that'll be their attitude. But is it correct, do you think? 
Uh, I don't think another team in the country could survive Bar Limerick. Um, like you've got Kyle Hayes, you've got obviously Grod Hagerty, and you've got Damon Burns in. Like it's just <laughs> like give me a team that wouldn't love that halfback line. <laughs> I'd hate to be playing against them consistently anyway. Um, but yeah, like Declan Hands used lost anyone. It, listen, uh, he is. He's their silent leader. I've always said that he seems to be just so good at what he does. When the team seems to be going to get, uh, when things seem to be going against him, he pops up at that seventy-yard strike over the bar. Um, but I still think they can survive with or without him. It'll be interesting to see if whether he tags out. In fairness to John, I've always said this: I don't think he puts out bogey teams that often. Um, but if he's there or not, I obviously he's a loss, but not a detrimental loss. As in, I just still think they have enough. Like they're just. Like you go through their team, like you're talking about Keen Lynch last year, Sean Finn this year, now Declan Hannon, and they still have enough to win, like which is scary, um, you know. But yeah, I think they'll be okay without him. It was Sarah Donovan, I think, who who talked to us first about uh, the John Kiley interview that um, Ashley O'Reilly did with him, where he was like, "I think we got enough from from Will O'Donoghue in the semi final, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he'll come on for that game, which was kind of the." really the cat's out of the bag there that he's going to end up yeah. more than likely playing centre-back in the final um, yeah. which means Keane Lynch goes back into midfield and in a way if, if Keane Lynch is trying to get back to the form that we know he's capable of that actual extra little bit of space uh, running onto the ball um, might be what he needed to get back to the level that we know he's capable of Look as a neutral everyone wants to see Keane playing his best um, and it's again another player that has played in two or three different positions that has just Electrify the championship, but like Willow Dunahoo is probably the perfect player to manage. I'd say if you told him to go back in fullback or even into goal, he'd do the job. Do you know what I mean? He's just a he's a superstar that way. Um, but yeah, look I, again. Look, I just I just think they have enough. I just think they have too much for for any other team in the country at the moment. I know they went through Munster and people were questioning him and all that kind of stuff, but. I just think up front, especially, they seem to have a lot. Like you've the likes of like Reedy, who's had to come into the farm of his life, and you've Cahill O'Neill and coming in from the bench himself, needed. Um, but just yeah, they're just they're just too hot and heavy. Is there anything on the day or anything that can happen here? Are we like if you're Kilkenny, do you need to somehow have somebody from Limerick get sent off? Is that like, or can they actually yeah, beat them? Actually, you know. I think Owen Cody is going to be key here. I think like if if Owen Cody has the day which he can do, um, he seems to become the new superstar. Kilkenny hurling, obviously, like you know, Adrian Mullen got out to midfield, but uh, like it, it sounds like I'm making this very one sided. I'm not. I still think that Kilkenny have a chance. I just think that um, it, it would take like the likes of Aaron Galan or Seamus Flanagan to have a very bad day. Uh, like you, you go through the you go through that Limerick team, and they have so many players that can do damage. Um, and then I'm weighing on on Cody or a Walter Walsh to come on and have an impact or whatever, like you know, um, like TJ Reid obviously free taking, but oh, I just I just don't see it like, and it's not that it's going to be a kind of a one sided affair or anything like that, but I just still think Limerick have too much. Uh, Kilkenny needs to score goals. That's it. They need to get goals potentially early, um, which isn't uh, you know a, a thing that won't happen, but I think they need two or three goals. Probably three, to be honest, if they're to win this final. Is there anything from a shape perspective or a, a puck out setup that Kilkenny can do that Limerick won't have seen across all the games already that they've played? Um, so I did an article this week with Fox Two about um, like the two goalkeepers, and I was saying that like Owen Murphy for me is more the extravagant goalkeeper that pulls off the point blank save. Nicky Quaid is more the better check. 
So if I was Nicky Quaid looking down the field, I don't think it matters what shape they have when you have the size of half forward and you have or the, the intensity and the work rate up front. So I think Kilkenny aren't going to change. I think they're just going to have it, it, like breaks. It, it's old fashioned. It's, you know, it's it sounds silly, but like breaks are going to be huge. Whoever obviously wins the most breaks has the most possession and stuff. And like when you have both forward lanes as dangerous as they are, it's potentially who has the most possession. Um, but pockets wise, I think both teams are going to be simplistic, go along, hopefully win it. Uh, which will obviously bring a bit of excitement into it in as well. But no, I don't, I don't think Kilkenny will change too much, to be honest. I think it's both, both managers are going to be just look, this is what we're going to do. The, the only thing you could look at potentially is is a low line centre back, maybe, you know, for Kilkenny. But you're giving Limerick Barry Nashton as a, as a sweeper in as well. And I don't think that's something you want to do. So that's the thing. It's like um, you yeah. try one thing, yeah. they've, they've thought of your potential plans and. Uh, Fire away, lads. You you do that, and we'll beat you with the the short puck out instead. And that's why Limerick are so good. I know people are probably bored of who was talking about their brilliance, but that's why they're so good because, like that Dublin football team, bring it on any way you want, and we'll take you on. And I think Limerick holders are the same right now. They're like, uh, you give us a sweeper, we're probably the best sweeper in the country. Don't give us a sweeper, and we've six and six with a, a half hour and crashing into midfield. Um, but again, like, it, and I, I'm annoying myself here by saying this, like, it sounds like I'm making this very one-sided. I don't think it will be. I really think Kilkenny are better than last year. Um, I just think they just need goals. They need to get goals uh, to, to keep this game, you know, uh, you know, for them to have an opportunity to win. And on that, right, so as a team who you know you need to get to 224 or 320 mm. or maybe 323 if you want to have a chance of winning, how do you start... Uh, creating those chances in such a number that some of them are going to go in like because it's well and good to say we need goals but how do you actually manufacture them how do you create the shape and the space to do that you just said it's space yeah it's like it's trying to get the like so like I don't know who's going to be I know on Cody will it be Dan Morrissey or will it be uh, my case whoever like that but you really want him one on one that's the only hope you have as Kilkenny I think is that no, TJ Reid the edge of the square for a while mightn't do any harm either because obviously his aerial ability is so good and strong. Um, and like I, Kilkenny people seem to get frustrated, but I've huge time for Walter Walsh. I, I think he's an absolute huge asset to any team. It's just he's such an awkward hurler, but he's so effective. So the likes of him coming in too, but it's it's creating that space. It's you know like uh, it, it's like I spoke about this before, but my one of my first articles actually was about chess. Was about the centre back and the centre forward. You're trying to get if Willow don't get the centre back out the field, get the half back line out the field, and that's what Limerick are brilliant at. They'll say, "Look, let your half forward line go out. We're going to hold our half back line. We're going to control the space inside here." But it's trying to get that one on one inside, um, you know, and and then our twos on twos basically, and you know, just creating those opportunities. But deliveries from midfield is going to be huge too. Um, I just think the, I just think he's going to be key to it on Cody. I think he's going to be key to the key to the game the next day. Um, he's had such a great season. He's had such uh, you know he's such a good hurler too. But for me, it's just trying to get as many one on ones inside as you can. Uh, what would I do? Try and get your shooting half forwards out to midfield. Get them on the ball for the first fifty minutes. Try and get up as many points as you can, and then hopefully they'll draw out another little bit. But and then after that, just try and get balls in deep. So it's uh, do one thing to set something up a little bit later on, and that's it. Like like. Like, puck out wise, right? We just go short to go along, if you get me. We wanted to go short because we wanted the team to draw back up to us so we could have the space up the field later on in the game, you know? Um, and that's what Limerick wants to do. That's what Kikini wants to do. 
So you want to go short, make them effective enough for another manager to go, oh, oh, this is hurting us. We need to push up the field. So we always spoke about that, like that you want to do one thing, as you said, to set up the other. So you want to get your half forward scoring from distance. So therefore their half back line will follow. And then the inside space will create. Um, again, did, to, did I lose you? Gotcha. No, no, no. I, I totally <laughs> yeah. understand it. I, and, and to be honest, it, this is why I actually feel like I would give Kilkenny way more of a chance to win this year. Mm. Uh, it seems like they're more willing to do slightly different things over the course of the match than they would have been. Like, I, I think we completely underrate Brian Cody's tactical ability over the years. Um, but it does feel as if the team has been slowly getting to a point where they're capable of playing a game plan that is more sophisticated than the one that they had last year. And this doesn't make any sense. Like last year, they absolutely annihilated Clare in the semi-final with an incredible performance. This year, Clare put in a really good performance and Kilkenny still came through it. And I would actually argue that they're in better stead because of this year's victory in the semi than they were last year. And they they really rattled Clare or Limerick in the second half. But I guess the point I'm making is that um, under Derek Ling, it feels... Uh, like and I'm a very casual observer of this because Seamus Dick was like they're the same team there's not that significant to change he he didn't think that he thought Ling's uh, Kilkenny is very similar to Cody's Kilkenny but it just feels like and maybe this is all that matters the perception is that they can do different things and if you think yeah, they're going to do exactly. different things you might respond to that that's it that's it I think I, I actually think they are a little bit different <laughs> listen Brian Cody I just love it like it was portrayed in Jimmy Barry Murphy as well that we didn't do tactics under Jimmy or Brian Cody. Of course they did. Brian Cody had, was probably one of the first managers to draw his half forward in into the middle of the field. You know, he was he was like, I suppose he might have played up to it too. Of course they, they had tactics. They always made it hard for you to do puck outs. I always found him difficult when I first came on the scene. Um, but the thing with Ling, I just think he's allowing him to play that little bit darker at times. That's all. Um, and as you said, maybe it's just perception. I don't know. But they do seem to be different. And I think that um, the players seem to be feeling that way too, if you get me. Like, I really think that it's, in fairness to him, he's continued what, what Brian Cody has done. Like, a manager could have come in there and thrown the baby out with the batwater and, and changed everything up. While there's a lot of similarities, I do think they have that little bit more freedom to to do what they want. And uh, I think every other team in the country has kind of looked at it and kind of thought that too. But yeah, still Kilkenny. They still have the most important things, hard work, effort, honesty um, and you know what they do go along we need to go along too so there's still similarities but I do feel that there is a slight slight more um, encouragement to try different things yeah and as a result of that you can be sure that Limerick are thinking okay we'll we need to be aware of this Uh, Mm -hmm. not that that we're going to change fundamentally but that there'll be periods or passages of the game where they do something slightly different and that that could actually be the win of the game from Limerick's perspective they might find that the matchup ends up working to their advantage in a way that it wasn't predicted by Kilkenny and lo and behold it's a disaster from a Kilkenny perspective but uh, that, the reason why we just give them a bit more op- opportunity this year is that I feel like they're going to get more of their better players on the ball more often and uh, that takes us into the realms of um, scoring accuracy and, and percentages and, and uh, it sounds like it could be a classic uh, yeah that's look scoring accuracy is going to be huge like Kilkenny every time it's like any team, like when you're playing against Man United or Prime, or when you need to take your chances. That's it. Like Kilkenny do need to take their chances, even from long distance, and they have the ability to do so. Um, but like I suppose, minimizing wide, like do you know what? It's as simple as this. Like it's boring, right? You need to minimize your wides, take your chances, and score goals. That's it. I'm going to be the Kilkenny manager next year. 
Like it's you know it's 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 that simple, but it's that difficult at the same time because um, they do need to take all their chances. Limerick will. I think that, uh, I said it earlier in the year to you. The further this team went in the championship, the worse teams are going to feel. And I think that in order to final with Limerick, you need to have the best performance against them. So let's just briefly talk about where they would be in the pantheon of all-time great teams. It's not just a four in a row. It's uh, five out of six. It's like very special. They're in the conversation with any other team ever. Uh, I hate to be on the team that started their victories <laughs> in the extra time. Um, to me, I, I think they're the best. Um, and that's, I know people might listen in and say, oh, your cousin's on the team and stuff like that. But like that, that Kilkenny team and the Cork team, they battled out against each other so much, you know. Um, and I like when I first joined that Cork panel, it was just like I was in awe of those players. And they still are, for me, one of the greatest in Kilkenny, obviously. But I just think what they've done, like losing the players they've lost and still winning all Ireland, like losing the hurler of the year and still winning in all Ireland is, you know, is huge. Um, so for me right now, you'd love to go back in a PlayStation game with two teams against each other. But for me, for me, they're the best. Win or lose on Sunday. Um, they just seem to be, you know, like, as I said to you, whatever teams throw at them, this year people are writing them off all year. Even I know John Coyley came out and said it and stuff like that, like you're losing Sean Finn, potentially one of the best defenders in, in Ireland. Of, you know, in the last how long um, and they're still just driving on uh, so yeah they're probably just that, that pick ahead of that team yeah. uh, Sean Do you agree o, or disagree? I, I think that they have to win at the weekend to be honest and I do think that okay. like that group uh, the Kilkenny team from the, the noughties uh, this current Kilkenny team have the opportunity to become absolute all-time legends in Kilkenny by stopping <laughs> the four in a row it's like yeah oh, yeah I get you yeah, you know yeah. those parties would be good parties where yeah. all of a sudden you can walk into a room that has Henry and Jackie and JJ and go oh lads look we stopped we stopped the Limerick team from beating you so we're actually just as important in Kilkenny hurling history as you guys are thanks very much yeah. and it's uh, champagne and cigars all around but, like the 72 Dolphins but for, but, but for me like it's yeah. but for me it's like it, it depends who you like so you could talk to Kilkenny people obviously or neutrals and stuff but it's, like this Liberty team have beaten so many teams in different ways like you know winning all Ireland last year winning every team do you know what I mean like I just thought for me was yeah and as I said unfortunately being a player on the team that they started their run with was never a nice feeling and stuff like that but yeah I just think they're just a, that pip ahead just a small bit not much like but um, yeah just, just slightly we have uh, a long dark winter ahead of us to um, compare and yeah, contrast yeah uh, I yeah. did just want to ask you about Sean O'Gahalpin. He was in studio with Joe Malloy during the week. Everybody should check that out mm. on the OTBGA podcast feed. Um, I, uh, the, Joe had a great quote about Henry Shefflin, which uh, Sean O'Gah ended up talking about his mum. But Shefflin was like, he was the toughest defender that he had marked. And I was like, because you never really hear Sean O'Gah in those team of the decade teams mm. because that Kilkenny team had so many great players. But like, have we forgotten how good a hurler he was? Yeah, he was. See, the thing about Sean August was what took away from him, as in his hurling, was that he was always so fit. You know what I mean? His physique always looked so good, and he was always so you all trained so well. But like Sean August, was like I, I mentioned, Will I don't know who they're earlier about being a manager's dream. Sean August was the manager's dream. He would have done whatever whatever he needed to do for the team. He was actually himself and Brian Corker were the, were the two first people to shake my hand when I joined the panel. You know, I remember in Castle Martyr. It was a wet, dreary night, like in the back pitch, and the two boys came up and shook my hand, and I was like, 
gobsmacked, right? And uh, it was funny, like, one of my, my first roommate in Dublin was Sean Og too. And uh, I was afraid to sleep in case I snored. I was just like, <laughs> do not wake this guy. You know, he's playing a huge game tomorrow. I don't know how we got paired up together, but um, very nice guy. But I, I always thought that his fitness, which was a compliment to him, like he was always in great shape, was, you know, took away from what he could do as a hurler. Like, Chano was class, but he did the simple things. Like, he'd win the ball and give it off to other people. You know, Ray Keane always said, uh, win the ball and give it to the better player. Sean Og was that kind of guy. He wanted to just get the ball, do the simple things right, and uh, a super team player. And do you know what? I don't think as many of his teammates would have ever given out about him. Um, yeah. And I, I, do you know what? I thought retired young, as in, like, I know Dennis got rid of him, like, but Sean Og was a guy that could have kept going for an eternity, uh, you know. Um, but brilliant player. What, what, what a superstar. And always, do you know what I always found well was... Like, you corn beside him would catch the ball. And Sean Og used to get the ball to ground, you know, that kind of way. Just yeah. just kept so basic, like, and himself and Dan Shannon used to great battles in as well. But just, yeah, he was so physical, so strong. And I, I agree with you. I think he should have been, he should be up there um, on top of being such a nice guy too. Our uh, homework for the winter can not just be comparing Limerick and Kilkenny, but also... Pick what, the team. Well, <laughs> I, I was, I was going to open an entirely different can of worms. What would have happened if the strike hadn't happened? How good would that Cork team? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that Cork Kilkenny rivalry have been because that, for me, it's the one of the great lost things in Irish sport where, yeah. you know, it could have been a five-seven year rivalry like that Cork team. They were special. They were a special group of people. And, I, I, and, and you know what that did hurt them like I, I often speak about it like to the lads about it like it did hurt them because you lost a lot of players in their prime um, you know a year or two and stuff like that it was just a pity the way it went um, you know because as I said to you like when I first came into that team like I remember like Munster Rugby used to be looking at our training our math footballers looking at our training and stuff like that like we had like when I say sorry not not we they had developed the most professional setup I've ever been involved in um, and just lost it uh, which is a pity, like, because, you know, when you look at those superstars who were still ready to go for another couple of years and stuff, um, you know, but yeah, definitely. I, I, I personally feel last, Cork lost a couple of years, yeah. Well, like the innovation of the short puckouts, so controversial. Mm. And now, like, no team in the country doesn't have a short puckout strategy because, uh, it, you know, it's that wild thing that everybody goes, yeah, you can't do that. And it's like, oh, of course we're going to do that because it's, it's plainly obvious. But to... I think people forget about that in a way. And look, there's been loads of other innovations, so it's not like they were the only team innovating, but they were innovating against one of the all-time great teams and therefore being driven by... Anyway, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... No, no, you're right. No, 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 I agree. I actually agree with you. I think we'll enjoy that sometime. Um, like, I actually have spoke about this a lot. Like, Don Logue and I obviously were competing. I wouldn't say competing because he was always ahead of me, but like... Like I was in the 2005 All Ireland final against Galway, like, and they went long all of a sudden, and it just spooked Galway. You know what I mean? But like the way they thought about things, the way they did things was just, you know, it, it was incredible. Like, um, but it was a group of players that were mentally and mentally strong enough and confident in their own games to do those things. You know, um, and that's what I got a taste of when I first joined. Uh, I agree with you. I think that team probably didn't get the don't get the credit because of, of what happened, but. Be another another show, Joe. Yeah, looking forward to it already. Secrets. <laughs> Anthony, safe home. Thanks a million for joining us oh, today. Thanks, Bill. Yeah.
Um, Great stuff. See you Sunday. It's Anthony Nash there. A reminder, hurling, it's anyone's game. Off the Ball has teamed up with Senior Hurling Championship sponsors Borg Gosh Energy to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact that hurling has had on people's lives. For full competition details, please visit borggoshenergy.ie forward slash BGEGAA. And we do have some highlights coming from our roadshow in the Borgosh Energy Theatre last night. It has been a spectacular night of hurling chat. Uh, for everybody who was there, they absolutely had a fantastic time. And we'll play some of that a little bit later on. Hurling on Off The Ball. With Borgosh Energy. Hurling. It's anyone's game.